please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode. So, Stewie, we have our final six teams in the NBL after a very nail-biting final round that not only came down to the last game, came down to the last shot, which is just crazy. I saw Statsman74, and I've quoted him a lot lately. He does brilliant work. There were 1,024 different possibilities with 10 games left. So, look, we did poo-poo the plane a little bit. or We, we didn't poo We were sceptical. But, hey, it's turned out to be a brilliant, brilliant thing. And it's one of these things, like I've been reading a lot of stuff on the socials sort of saying, well, if we didn't have the play in, the last few games wouldn't have been anywhere near as meaningful. But mathematically speaking, that's pretty obvious. I mean, the more teams that are, I guess, brought into these play-ins, the more, as you say, different permutations, different combinations of games that are going to mean something. Like if, if the top eight teams all make it, then there's an even greater chance that all of those games in the last round are going to mean something. So... I get where people are coming from. I think the idea is interesting. It's probably more interesting because Perth actually made it. Well, to be honest, even if it was a top four, if Tassie don't win in the final round, there are several teams in play still potentially. Mm. So it would have still been exciting. But uh, yeah, it was super exciting. It, it was. It was. Yeah. Look, getting those last two games meaning so much was cool. Yeah. Oh, and then just so much drama. The Rage on Tucker 3 at the very end and everyone scratching their heads going, oh, is this going to be the difference? And it looked like it maybe was when yeah. Dion Vasilovic hit that... Uh, the pull-up three. With three, wasn't it? I was trying, trying to remember if it was free throws or a three, yeah. yeah. Pull-up three with about 50 seconds left that brought it back to an eight-point game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I couldn't believe. I thought that's that's it. It's over. But uh, no, look, full credit to Perth obviously getting it done in, I suppose, tricky circumstances. There was no Walton Jr., I think a lot of the the bench players were kind of maybe playing for contract, so to speak, for, for Sydney. Well, they wanted to win. They were yeah. playing to win. So they weren't at full strength, but they were definitely playing to win. Yeah. And you could almost see if Vasilievich had hit that last three. Oh, they would have gone nuts. The reaction would have been the yeah. same as when they beat Tasmania in Tassie last year in the grand final. Almost certainly. Would have been exactly the same. Almost certainly. Yeah. But, uh, but even on the back of a piss poor effort from Bryce Cotton, yeah. self-described. Yeah, yeah, just, well, it's just astonishing. I know, give the man his citizenship already. He's positive yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. This is one of these things, though. Just going back to, I guess the the value of those points. We've been saying it for a long time now. Fuck this gentleman's club shit. Like, play to the whistle. Yeah, I think I think Aussies understand this. We watch other sports like AFL and things. We know how important that percentage can be, and I think it's always the imports that don't quite, and maybe the the American coaches and that sort of thing that mm. just don't quite understand that you should play till the final minute. And often, even if it's a blowout and bench guys are getting a run, it will be the only points they score the entire season. Yep. It's nice to see bench guys get a bucket every now and then, isn't it? It is, it is. I did want to just quickly talk about one thing. Brilliant, brilliant tweet from our mate, Mr. Westerhout. Oh, yes. A big shout, shout out. out to Adam. Shout out to Westerhout. And Full Court Fitness. So obviously in the lead up to the Wildcats game, there was that Melbourne United-Adelaide game that you were talking about. Which was a very good game too. Very, very good game. I enjoyed watching that one. Now, Melbourne absolutely smashed Adelaide on the glass, 46 to 25, so a plus 21 rebounding. And Westy came up with an absolute beauty on Twitter. Even when the Wildcats rely on another team to win, they still can't get rebounds. Yeah, it's true. It's a great call. That's brilliant. So, yeah, look, very, yeah. very, very close. But, I, I mean, a great run-up to the finals. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Whoever's using the NBL Twitter account didn't have a great day because, first of all, they were calling it the first ever play-in. But they've, they've doubled down on that, I've seen, because 
in the email correspondence that's gone out to people that subscribe to NBL, they're calling it the first ever play-in tournament as well. Can three games be a tournament, by the way? Tournament is a very strong word. Yeah, it's not. But anyway, I, I couldn't help myself. I tweeted about the Rick Burton years. Uh, I said, you know, no, nah, we remember. Like, okay, it might have been called a slightly different name, but it was basically the exact same yeah, thing. It's back an in elimination the- finals. And it, it went longer than I remember. It was like four seasons. I think it was 04 to 08 from okay. memory. Yeah. I don't remember it being one or two. So there you go. Those years in general. Yeah. Just kind of. Like, I pretty much remember, like, what, Rashad Tucker and that's about it from that entire Yeah, era. well, if we hadn't had membership then, we wouldn't have seen... That's when it was really bad broadcast deal. Yeah, mm. really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And incidentally, on that, I heard that the Code Sports recently reported there's a 30% increase in attendance and a 40% increase in broadcast reach. Mm. Yeah, no, they've done, so, they've you done know. all right. And it, like, I was actually having a look at some of the numbers the other day. It surprised me to see that the Brisbane Bullets have an 80% home attendance. Yeah, it's great. How are they getting 80% with that crap? Well, it, there's obviously enough there, I guess. But that bodes really well if the crappy teams, and even the Hawks, okay, yes, the Hawks won bugger all, but they were always competitive. I'd rather watch so our, I'd our rather, competition I'd, is so healthy. I would rather watch the Hawks than the Bullets. Yeah, I probably would too. At least the Hawks try. Yeah. They might not win, but they try. <laughs> but then the other one on the NBL Twitter account was really US Ted Lasso, American coaches who believe. Yes, John really has a funny accent because I think from the college days, but he is not American. He was born in Queensland. Mm. So not a good day for the NBL Twitter account. Just quickly as well. Apologies, Tanya. I'm sorry that, to mention the Brisbane Associates. <laughs> Hopefully you're still listening, Tanya. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. hopefully <laughs> nice to meet you the other I week. Rage quit when I just said that. Apologies. I should say, by the way. So, obviously, I edited it, so I had a chance to listen. You've had a chance to listen now. Do you have any other reflections on the the live podcast event? Anything that kind of sticks out? Shout out to everyone involved once again, and check it out if you haven't listened already. Go and listen to part one on the NBL Pocket Podcast. I would say if we were trying to do it again, pick a game that we're going to win. <laughs> that was honestly, that was the, the trickiest part was yeah. just, I guess, managing the emotions of a, a tough loss and a loss that at the time looked like it was probably going to cost a postseason visit. It was a flat room, it wasn't was it? Yeah, initially. Yeah. yeah. It took everything in me to be as up as I was. And like, it's just, it, it was what it was. But we got there, didn't th- we? Thoroughly enjoyed it. It was yeah. great fun. I should mention as well, I used the phrase queer. Um, I was quoting Corbin Middlemass, I think it was, from Outsiders. It's not actually a phrase I would normally use. I've had a few people say, oh, if you're a heterosexual person, it's maybe not a word you should use. It wasn't my intention. It's because I kind of botched the quote, basically, is what happened. But again, this is why we have these rounds, right? Yep. To increase awareness and to, to work out what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. So anyway, great initiative. Glad the league's doing it. And hopefully they'll continue to do so. Real quick before we get into the playoffs, what what do you make of the semantics of the play? And there's a lot of like, oh, yes, it's the playoffs. No, it's not the playoffs. Oh, it's the postseason, but not the playoffs. It would be really interesting. It seems the league is saying it is the playoffs, I think. But what do you reckon? I think the easiest way to do it is to be literal. It's the postseason. Yes, that's why I like it too. I don't think it's finals, though. I don't think it's finals. If you're playing an elimination game, I don't think it's finals. I agree with that. And, And... you know, we go back to what we were talking about when the NBA first had it. Damian Lillard had that incredible game. Well, there's been a few. Jar had a big game. True. Steph had a big game. I don't even know where those records sit these days. And and this is it. Like, so I, I don't know. I just, I almost feel like it needs to be its own category. Yeah. 
Because it's uh, to me, it's, yeah, I'd be okay it's with that. Postseason, it's not finals yet. And look, people are going to disagree with that, and that's fine. But my personal thoughts are, yeah, I just don't see how you can count that, especially against these little one-off games. I like that demarcation too. I had the exact same thought. Postseason, and then playoffs begin when it's the one v four, two v three, effectively yeah. the seeding. Yeah. So look, there's been more talk about expansion. They're even talking about Singapore, which I oh, think is, I think that's just geez. a headline grabber. No, 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 no. I think that's canny. I think that's a canny headline grabber. Anyway, we won't talk about that now. I think we'll maybe revisit that after the season. There's plenty to talk about, starting with two games tomorrow, the first of which will be on while we're at work. We're not going to fucking Singapore again. <laughs> Had to say it. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I'll just cut and paste that into the uh, next time we talk about it. Yes, time. please do. Please do. So, yes, the five-seed Southeast Melbourne Phoenix versus the six-seed only just Perth Wildcats. Yes, indeed. Yes, as you said, 3.30 in the afternoon over here in Perth. Thank you, Melbourne. Appreciate it. Well, look, we finished sixth. Why should we get any special treatment, to be honest? Because we're Perth, goddammit. <laughs> no, that's I, the other. The other complication is that Queensland doesn't have daylight savings. So, so we're dealing with all these different time zones. I can understand. New Zealand's a thing as well. Well, New Zealand is a thing. They're not involved until Sunday. No, but... That but but it is. Yeah, no, there's a lot of different time zones that they have to play with here. Yeah, yep. So I, I'm okay with it. I'll hopefully find a radio stream to listen to and hopefully won't have any meetings during the game. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, if they're serious about Singapore, they're on the same time zone as us. So yes, they are. Screwing yes. Singapore over already. Disappointing. <laughs> what do you make of the game? Oh, look, I think I think South East Melbourne will win. I think that Big Source, great to see him re-signed, by the way. Mm, that's a lot of big names. Justin Robinson's re-signed for Illawarra. Just another good sign that our league is really kicking goals at the moment, to mix metaphors. I think big source might be the difference. I think we've got a really soft middle. We can't defend the paint. We can't win the rebound count. He gobbles up rebounds for a living. Tayshon Thomas isn't even 100%. Did his knee a little bit. Luckily, not as bad as it first looked. So, yeah, I, I would give... I reckon Phoenix by about 10 or 12. I want to disagree with you, but I don't think I can. <laughs> it's If I'm the Phoenix, I just run 1-4 and 1-5 pick and rolls yep. the whole game. Yep. Basically say, right, Bryce Cotton or whoever is playing that one is going to end up on Williams or Mitch Creek. And then it's like double at your own peril. And we know how it goes. Ruben Sarangi will shoot like 15% all season. But and then, then yeah. he'll be like five. Come Dale Ellis yeah, against us. Six yeah. against us. And, yep. and as you mentioned to, to me before we hit record, Rowdy's back as well. Rowdy's back. Big so, deal. Ryan, he always plays well against us Ryan too. Brokoff shoots the ball well against us. Yep. It's just one of those things I just don't really see. Unless Bryce Cotton goes nuclear. They're the two wild cards. So one is Bryce going nuclear because he had probably the worst game of his entire NBL oh, career. Not probably. I, I don't know if maybe the game he got injured. I can't remember at what point in the game he got injured, if, if it was at the beginning or not, but I, I just can't remember. But otherwise, it's the worst. It's It's got to be the worst. One of 19. I've heard reports of one of 20. Yeah. It's, it's not pretty. So uh, look... Unless the Wildcats can somehow keep the rebound count fairly close. Well, the other Wildcats, Trav. If Trav can play with the passion and the desire and the impetus that he did against Sydney, they've got a shot. If he plays the way he did against Cairns, there's no shot. But 22-11 and 6 over Sydney just looked different. He, he looked like a different player. Yep. And by the way, he's shooting 40% from beyond the arc this season. Yep. And in the last couple of, I think in the last, I can't remember the time period, but I heard it was 58% yep. recently. So he has improved He's his... better shots yeah. as well. Yeah, I better decision-making. But yes, I, I think you're wrong. I think if Travers plays well, because he was very passive in that Cairns yeah. game. Oh, that Cairns game was just disgraceful. It was. Like, you can lose to a better team, but it was just the lack of 
urgency and effort and and look my itchy twitter finger might have got a little bit out of control you know talking about manic and thomas and all that but geez it was disappointing what a what a weird three days for the perth podcast. That was, it was very <laughs> right so we're in agreement perth are probably going to get knocked out yeah sally's melbourne by 10 or 12 or 10 to 12 i yeah, i'd probably say yeah maybe a bit more maybe 14 so then we've got cairns and tassie Two yes. teams that we quite like. Seeding qualifier. So winner goes through. Loser will have to play the winner of the previous game. So basically Perth 2.0 and Perth 3.0. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. It, it's an interesting one. It's a battle of the walking wounded. Yeah. So it's Josh, sad, isn't it? it is. Josh Majette has a fractured cheekbone from an elbow that he took in the game against Illawarra. Oh, and ice socket. Orbital. Yeah. Orbital fracture. It, it is interesting. I would have thought he would potentially find a way to play through that with a mask maybe, but... It must be very bad. It must be where it is, yeah. It must mm. be affecting his vision, yeah. Clint Steindl's a game-time decision as well, so there's no guarantee that they'll have the sharpshooter off the bench. Keanu Pinder's not going to play for Cairns. It's... And Tajim, of course, a bit banged up still too. Yep. And that's the thing. So whoever wins the Perth South East Melbourne game will really fancy themselves to get straight into the, into the playoffs, the top four, I think. Yeah, I mean, look, any team that plays either of those two teams is probably going to feel pretty good about themselves. Granted, they'll be on the road, but playing an undermanned team. Yeah, I mean, again, if it's Perth, we would probably rather play Cairns. We play them better in Cairns than we we do here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, We don't play Tassie well anywhere right now. So Yeah, that's true too. But again, if they're banged up, you would feel pretty decent against either of those teams. So yeah, you're, you're right. I think... If Perth can get up, you would like their chances of getting through. If South East Melbourne win, again, they're going to feel pretty good about themselves. Easier for the Phoenix because of the travel. It's a lot of travel Perth would have to do, especially if it's Tassie. True. Well, quite actually, Cairns, it's it's much of a muchness, actually. Mm. Cairns is probably worse, actually. Yeah, I think it is actually. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. A big, a big proposition. Anyway, who wins this game? Oh, I'd have to Cairns at home, I have to give them the nod with Majet out. Milton Doyle will probably do a bit more playmaking. Sean McDonald, Matt Kenyon, we'll all have to pitch in a little bit to make up for the loss of Majet. I actually like the Jackies. Yeah, okay. I like, the, I like the Jackies. I just I like the balance of their other two imports. I think Kelly and Doyle, we saw early in the season, they ran pick and rolls incredibly well. Will Magnes actually looked pretty decent yeah. the last couple of weeks. Defensively, he was I mean, he was a beast against the Wildcats in that game. Does Kelly move into the starting five, do you reckon? Probably has to. Uh I I don't really see a Another option. Let me show McDonald's. I mean, maybe, I mean, Kelly will definitely play more minutes. Maybe but... even someone like Bearstow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Jared Bearstow. Yeah, well, he has been in the past. Well, he, I mean, he started for the Wildcats a number of times. Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. that, like, first five minutes and then sat yeah, yeah, the rest yeah. of the game. But I must have, I, I just like the balance of the jack jumpers a little bit more. And even on the road, I, I can see a world where they get through. Oh, look, nothing would surprise me. Nothing would surprise me. But I'm going to pick the Taipans by seven. Yeah, I'll go Tassie by about the same number. Very good. There we go. All right. So, look, it, it becomes a bit of a guessing game. I don't think we'll kind of predict any further. We'll just reflect on where we are next time we hit record. You've got a funny tweet? Yeah, this is probably the best NBL tweet that I saw outside of Westies. It comes from the Melbourne United fans who said, WTF, you absolute spuds, Sydney Kings. Well, when you're relying on other teams to win. Well, it didn't take long for a Perth fan to bring up the game in December where United gave up that they tanked. lead yeah. with about 40-odd seconds left to lose in regulation. Yeah. And I just, I love when people... Well, they, the karmic, that's karmic. It is, it is yeah. karmic. Yeah. Uh, it's karmical. Yeah. But I... I karmical hunt. Honestly, I, I I love when people get called spuds. It's just, 
<laughs> like that's one of the things when Nick Kyrgios calls people like, oh, uh, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. you're a spud or yeah, whatever, yeah. Or you're a potato. <laughs> I can love that. That's one of the best insults ever calling someone anything to do with a potato. Oh, uh, very good. Love it. So awards. Kai Soto, rightfully the people's MVP for the second year running. Wrong. The most important Wrong. award. Wrongfully not the real MVP. <laughs> no, look, all jokes aside, solid season. And he's leaving our shores, unfortunately. Yes, it's true. So it, it'll be sad to see the big fella go. I have said on a number of occasions, I love the way that he plays. He probably didn't get quite the right amount of playing time in Adelaide. I mean, I, I would like to think that he probably should have been starting over Daniel Johnson for half the season. Yeah, okay. So so just under 13 minutes a game, 6.8 points, 4.5 rebounds, 51% from the field. I really enjoy watching him play, and I thought he had potential too. But what I've heard of late, I think it was Matt Logue, apparently he's got a bad work ethic. Right. And that's why I think he fell out of favor a little bit with CJ at times. And and that was a major issue. And if you want to make the NBA, that is not a good thing. So that'll be interesting. But it's interesting as well, because if you extrapolate those numbers, you said he played 13 minutes. A lot of the big name centers, let's use Aaron Baines as an example. He was playing 26 minutes a game pretty yeah, much yep. every game. Shout out to Joe Coy, yeah. If you double Kaysotto's numbers there, you're getting what? 13 and a half and maybe eight. That many gets eight fouls a game? Two? Well, possibly, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, 13 and a half and eight. I mean, those are very solid. Oh, they're decent. Yeah. Just get you into the bloody All-NBL second time. <laughs> well, we won't go there yet. So, obviously, Xavier Cook's won MVP. Worst kept secret. Yeah. I, I, I kind of felt like maybe it was Mitch Creek, given some of the injuries that the Phoenix had had, but I have no problem with Xavier winning it, of course. Best player, best team. That's yeah. Yeah, always yeah. a pretty surefire you know, success. And he didn't need to play huge minutes all the time too. So his stats would have been even higher had he, and obviously on the flip side of that's the Bryce Cotton thing where he played a lot of minutes. He did. And and he had to, but... And he did. He but did. at the same time, most of the time when Cooks was off, it's because he had helped set up a win. Yep. So... Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. I have no problem. I mean, yeah. again, I wouldn't have been disappointed with any of those three winning because they all had very, very yes. reasonable cases. All worthy. No, no, all very worthy winners. I hope he gets a shot at the NBA. I really do. Yeah. So most improved player, Keanu Pinder, any issues there? It's one of the rare occasions where someone can win it twice in a row and it's actually legit yep. because he he really did. He he jumped into MVP candidacy and had he not got injured, look, I, he wouldn't have been my number one, but he would have been in the discussion and he was in the discussion for a while. People brought him up at the live podcast event we did. So yeah, yeah, I don't have a problem with that at all. Yep. I, I was actually almost surprised how close it was with Will McDowell White. I mean... He, yeah, well, he would be a very worthy winner too. He had a very good year, cracking year, you would say. Uh, very, very important part of the New Zealand Breakers being one of the best teams in the league. But it wasn't as big a jump as Keanu made. No. Yeah. So, yeah, good to see that they got that one right. I, I don't actually, honestly, going through this list, I'm not sure there's any really egregious mistakes. Certainly nothing egregious. There's a few I disagree with, but I'm still okay with the selections. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing Defensive Player of the Year might have been one of the ones. Who... Yeah, look, I love Antonius Cleveland. He's the sort of player I think the Wildcats would love to have on the on the team, but I don't think he was the number one defensive player this season. I actually think Brantley got really screwed on this one. He didn't even get a mention in the top three, but I think Pardon, I, I, I tend to think one of those New Zealand blokes, to be honest. That's fair enough. Yeah. You could have made a, a case for Justin Simon, yes. for Xavier Cooks. Definitely not Shay Ely. Shaley missed too many games. Oh, that's that's outrageous. You cannot play half of the fucking games and get a nod. I think that's ridiculous. Do you think maybe 
Antonius Cleveland's defense stood out so much because he was playing for Adelaide? I think it stands out so much because he's a menace in the passing lanes and it often ends in a dunk. I think that's why. But just the fact that he was that decent defensively on an Adelaide team that really didn't play that much defense. Oh, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, the best of a bad bunch. It probably looked better. because. Yeah. And again, was... I'm a massive fan. And I, yeah, yeah I, he brings a lot to the table. But I just uh, don't know about this season for yeah. that defensive player. Of the year. Fair enough. Barry Brown Jr. Could have almost been an MVP candidate, but sixth man of the year. And look, there were some good candidates for sixth man of the year too. And I think all of them would have been worthy winners too, I think. I think if Tyler Johnson had played the way he did the last four yes. weeks all season long, he probably would have been up there. But I think has he re-signed too? I think he might have re-signed. I heard Jason Caddy on the uh, NBL podcast today, one of the official podcasts, I think it was Liam Santamaria, saying that he's a great guy and everyone loves him and everyone wants to be around him. So that's it's good if he can stay in the league it too. It is good. And that's completely the opposite to what it looked like at the start of the year. So there you go. Coach of the year, any surprise, Adam Ford? No, I... I had Modi Mayor because of the fact that New Zealand were on the road for two years and he stepped in a first-time coach, whereas Ford was there last year. Geez, it's by a fingernail, but I had Modi Mayor. Ken- but I'm okay with that. Kansas over-under at the start of the year was six and a half Oh, wins. yeah, yeah, no doubt. Six and a half wins. And yeah. they, they managed to basically almost scrape into the number two seed. They were that close. How's this? They won the third least quarters at 52. Melbourne and Perth were just ahead of them on 53. Yeah, but you know what? It's not which No, one. no, no, I know. It's, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, not, he's a deserving winner. It's the ones you win. But, I, but to be honest, though, should he win the award because the people doing the over-unders have no fucking idea? I mean, I said at the time pre-season, that means they don't even win half of their home games. Like, that was a, it was a terrible oh, over-under. It was, it was terrible. But even if you bump that up to, like, eight and a half, nine and a half plus, and what did they win? 18 games. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. No, oh, it is. It is. I, I think that's why he gets there. But yeah. anyway, I mean, it's, yeah, you're right. It was one and two. One yes, one, yeah, 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 definitely. And that was the case for a lot of the awards, I think. Yeah. yeah. Good to see Sam Wardenberg get up for next gen. Yeah, look, I think that was deserved, especially considering he was nearly shafted because of the yeah. change of the awards so late. Froling can win it next year. Yeah, Samson Froling can win it next yeah, year. Yes, Samson, that's right. Yeah. Shout out to his brother as well. Seems like he's. Yeah, oh, man. Did you see that photo? That scar was huge. Holy shit. Yep. And again, I referred to it as a king hit. I need to remove that from my vocab. Coward punch. Coward punch. It was a coward punch. Yeah. Terrible. Call it something worse that starts with a C. Well, yes, he was a C. So, all NBL first team and second team. Now, let's run through these. So, the first team Cooks, Creek, Cotton, Doyle, Walton Jr. Any issues there? Uh, no major issues. No major. I do feel like the New Zealand blokes got a bit screwed with the whole awards, to be honest. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, they're all great players and they're all deserving. Yeah, well, yeah. you've got to have the top three in the MVP voting. They well, have that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like I think Doyle has had a very underrated season, or certainly maybe a slightly under the radar season in terms of how good he's been. I love what he brings to the table too. Hits big shots. He's not afraid of the moment. He's a more controlled version of Adams, basically that they had the previous. Yeah, it's not a bad. Point, yeah. Like, yeah, obviously some differences, but yeah, yeah, as far as kind of, yeah, the outcome. Like yeah. he's, he's not hitting crazy sideways threes as he's fallen out of bounds, but he hits big shots. And he's way more consistent. Very, very consistent. Yeah. yeah. And look, Walton Jr., I mean, yeah, look, you could you could make a case for Barry Brown Jr., but I, I just, I don't know, I think Walton, for the, Top mo- team. For the, for the most part, was, yeah, was just a little bit more consistent as well. Now, the second team is probably where it gets a bit more interesting. It does. So Keanu Pinder, Derek Pardon, Barry Brown Jr., DJ Hogue, and Chris Golding. Go on. Well, I think it's pretty common 
opinion that Ray John Tucker got screwed here by his own teammate in the end, by the looks of things. Yeah, I mean, look, I didn't watch as much of Melbourne as I would have liked all season, but, I mean, certainly if we're just looking at the numbers, Tucker's numbers were way better across the entire board. It was a lot more dynamic as the season went on. He certainly was a little bit average to start things off, but a lot of imports have that growing pain kind of getting into the the swing of the NBL life, I guess. And and I think he certainly showed a lot at the back end of the season and probably the, the main reason, or certainly the biggest reason that Melbourne nearly got in. I did a 180 on him. I was skeptical at the beginning of the season, but I loved watching him play in those last few weeks. Yeah. Loved watching him yeah. play. Yeah, he's got mongrel in him, that bloke. Do you think people just continue to get blindsided a little bit by just how pretty some of the things that Chris Golding does? Oh, I mean, he's an exceptional player and he's really important to that team and he's still going. It's quite incredible, really. Shout out to NBA Bo. We know he's a big fan. Uh, by the way, moved into 10th all-time on the all-time three-pointers list. He's never going to get even close to Gazy or, no, no, no. or, or Shane Hill or probably Tony Ronaldson or Derek Ruckeroy. Well. I'm trying to remember all of them. Yeah, no, no. We're not doing this again. Yeah. I think, I think that's that's certainly probably the only one that I have a, a major issue with. I think Hogue was brilliant, as was Pinder. They were the two main, main reasons why, I guess, Cairns were as good as they are. And Harden and Brown were the main reasons, I guess, that New Zealand were. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have a huge problem with that. It's Yeah, I think it's the Golden Tucker thing that's maybe a bit iffy. Yeah, yeah. But nothing egregious, as you say. Yeah. Now, there should be an all-defensive team. I think you'll agree. Yeah, I think you, there's enough quality players all around the league that you could definitely make one. To be honest, even if there weren't, you should still have an all-defense team, in so, my opinion. Certainly, yeah, even just a first team. Yeah. Yeah, only if it, I wouldn't go beyond that. But yeah, there should be, I think. All yeah. defensive second team and then 17th team and all the way down to the last players in the league, the worst players. Well, we'll talk about NBA All-Star with our basketball segment as well because there's some funny stuff going on there when it comes to players all the way down the list. But the only thing is I, I want to end with the fact that all I can think is they got the votes in, I think it was with three rounds to go, which is ridiculous. Bryce still hadn't played five games. That was 17.8% of the season, nearly a fifth of the season. In that, in those last three rounds, we had a Bryce 40. We had a Bryce 30 near triple-double. We had a Xavier Cooks triple-double, which we saw at the back lot after most people were cleared out in the cinema there. We had Mitch Creek had some big games. So, like, why? So they can get the, the trophies with the people's face on them. And we had a one of 19 from Bryce. Well, that, that, well, true, you're right. That's that's true on the flip side of things. And we didn't know how the ladder fell. And like, why can't the votes get in at the end of the season? Yeah. I think it's crazy. But you're right. It's those wanky trophies. And again, South East Melbourne didn't even play in the final round. So it's one thing if the scheduling is such where every team plays the same amount of games every week. But the scheduling is all over the shop. Cairns played three games in a round. Mm. So, yeah, I, I really don't like that. The NBL need to look at that for future yeah. reference. I mean, there's plenty of time to deliver those. I mean, you can deliver MVPs just before the final series if yeah. you really want. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah. It, it's, it would be fun in the lead-up to the finals. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. A bit like the Brownlow. Yeah. Mad Monday. Mad Monday. A couple of other really quick hits with the NBL Street. Happy retirement again to Tim Conrad. He finishes third all-time in games played, fourth total points, and sixth rebounds for the Illawarra Hawks franchise. Did his marriage fall apart after he came out? <laughs> and, and I will say this. I will believe Tim Conrad, not Tom Conrad. I will believe it if Tim Conrad is not on a roster in round one of 2020 fucking whatever year. I will believe it then. And Schuler, Schuler, the Brisbane Bullets have hired... 
Ferris. Uh, sorry, Justin Schuler was uh, their next head coach. Honestly, thought that that was Fat Jeremy Kendall. I seriously thought it was Fat Jeremy Kendall. I'm not going to judge. Like, I can say that because I'm a larger. Gentleman. Yeah, well, look, we both got bigger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Round is a shape. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this Sport Bloke segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sport Blokes. 